A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. has put the beast behind him but what lies ahead what next for mr cody rose because we found out a lot of people's post SummerSlam directions on this one but did we get anything for cody mm. well we'll find out we'll talk about it as we get into this show itself welcome to the wrestle podcast review of monday night raw please do press the subscribe button give us a little thumbs up as well because it helps us in the algorithm we are nearing 80 thousand subscribers which means we are then five thousand off our 85 target that we're mm. looking to hit so do help us reach that because it's it's been a while since we've been on uh 79 i, I feel like it's been a while it's been a while that i've been saying i don't know what that is this is the second day in a row where you're not understanding it's songs it's been a while it is it's a stained song oh and it was a song called it's been a while. Yeah, look, because someone because he, he's probably butt rock and stuff. He's got that. It's been a while. Someone um, sent in a chat yesterday that was like all of the lyrics to an Ice Cube song, and I, I, I don't know that song, so I was sort of just a bit baffled by it. And everyone was like, "Oh my god, I guess they don't listen to Ice Cube." To which my answer is, "No, <laughs> give, give me the lyrics to Christina Aguilera's Dirty, and I'll be all about it." Dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> dirty uh but yes please do uh continue to get those in a subscriptions that and if you're watching on demand please leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of monday night row and what you'd like to see cody Rhodes do next but if you're watching live get in your alpha chat mm-hmm. to restock.com forward slash support we'll read out every single one of them over five us dollars before the end of the show so you need to say who we are oh uh, i'm luke Cohen, d-a-d and of course i am joined by your new jam that champion dan layton the truth dan layton the professor yeah. dan layton what happened was on the SummerSlam predictions i uh, jammed in my jam in the jar some people don't really know how the jam in the jar work basically all i had to do was predict the main event of SummerSlam correctly and then i was a champion and uh, i did <laughs> people think it's an easy win but look what happened clash of the castle last year there you and go and it's, tell me it's an easy thing you gotta be smart you gotta pick your moment you and pick i did your moment. and it's gonna be day we're on like day three of a thousand now Mm-hmm. can't wait we uh we actually had a bit of a chat before we went live yeah and uh you sort of were teasing that you might do mm. it tonight and i said dan if it were me i'd wait until our next live show mm. 
And you were like, but I don't know if I'll know the answer then. I was like, but you'll always have the pop. Because I... That, that's what I cling to with Clash of the this Castle. Is the I thing. got it wrong, but I'll always have that pop. You like to please the people. I only please one people, <laughs> and it's me. I've, I've seen your Instagram. I've had a great... Yeah, if you've followed me on Instagram over the weekend, me, me and the belt were having a lovely weekend yeah. together. So uh... You and your incognito <laughs> tab are all about pleasing you. Uh, anyway, we're going to kick things off here. People are also very upset that you did this as well, putting the belt on the well, table. Could... And then actually, I, I'm just going to address this ever so slightly. Someone said, Pete's the only champion that's got the uh, the decency to hold the belt throughout the stream. That is not true. I you used to hold, I hold the belt. Tempest held the belt. Belt on every just here. on every stream, people can see that even less. All right, fine. Well, you know what? You know what? The belt isn't designed to stay upright. Like it's there's not. If I could have I a like stand, incognito tab. Stop <laughs> it. Right, fine. I'll hold it. I'll hold it for the first bit. Yep. Uh, I won't go. Again. I could. I could do fully. Um, I could Roman. <laughs> people were very cross at him for a long time, weren't they? But anyway, how he turned out. Anyway, Dan, let's talk about this episode of Monday Night Raw, which I thought was actually a very good episode of mm. Monday Night Raw. I really enjoyed this uh, this week's Raw. Uh, I think you can very clearly tell that Vince McMahon had no control over this one. You can clearly tell that he is recuperating at home. Mm. Uh, so Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful Select for the last few months, basically since Vince has been back in creative, has not been posting the Raw, the plans, the, the raw plans because they're going to change. Yeah. And so he's like, I can't in good conscience charge people to see these plans mm. when they're not going to be the plans by the time the show goes out. And it was interesting for the first couple of weeks of that because like, it was interesting to see the original plans and then note how they had changed over time. And especially yeah. that, do you remember that first episode of Raw Postmania? Yeah. Where he was like, okay, we're 50 minutes, we're already off script. Like, yeah. and it was learning. They've had like five different rundowns yes. before the show's even started. So that kind of thing was interesting. But then there came a point where it, it was a bit, and then there's a the whole business of them trying to like, uh, counter-program Vince McMahon by yes. already booking stuff. things yeah. ahead of time so that he couldn't change it. Um, because apparently he doesn't like to, uh, not go through on advertised matches which, which is doesn't in, scan for does me. not scan I've, I've been a fan for a long time but he, sean has also said that he was going to stop reporting vince has made changes to the show because he's like that's just the norm yeah. now. like this is just what happens but this week sean posted the raw rundown knowing full well it was not going to change mm. this was not a show where vince was able to get his fingers in the creative pie this mm. was a fully triple h show and i think you can tell that in that well candace made it onto tv right. Andy hartwell made it onto tv there was a fatal four-way for the number one contendership mm. these are like all like triple h tropes and stuff there was one women's match these are all triple h tropes like it's i, I think this was a very much a trips show. It's interesting because when I came in, I, when I finished the show, I was kind of a little bit down to mid on it because there were elements of it that are... some chips there because I think Dan wants to piss all over. Stop them. it with this. Well, hang on. <laughs> because over the weekend, I didn't hate the ending of the, the SummerSlam story because there was a bit that happened and then who knows what the next part is and I'll, I'll reserve my judgment until I've seen what's happened. And everyone had a go at me. I feel like for the longest time, I was called this like negative nancy i was always nitpicking professor nitpick nah, nah, nah. then i join collision review and suddenly i'm like the biggest wwe shill i always defend wwe all the time and now here i am again <laughs> and i'm being pick a lane all right i'll Dan, say when things are good Dan, i'll say when things are bad and that's why i am the truth and the champion Dan, i'm just teasing you people <laughs> anyway sorry you were saying you were a bit down to mid on this well because the thing was there were the, while yes to all of those is true and there were some 
brilliant wrestling and i cannot wait to, mm. to wax lyrical all about it there was also some production nonsense like there's a section here where Shayna baser becky lynch and zoe stark are just in the ring for about 20 minutes meanwhile backstage stuff is going on there's like a lack of cohesion in the script all of that stuff is there as well um so i kind of had this as a well who is booking this because if vince is off this doesn't feel like the, the cohesive because even even at it's most sort of tedious perhaps there was a level of cohesion to triple h booking so i was just a bit like confused by this one i said to you that i felt this episode of monday night raw was less of a the next chapter mm. of you know what is going to happen post SummerSlam. this was actually an epilogue yeah to SummerSlam, and i it, did like that you know it, the, the main event was good guys versus judgment day which we saw all in the lead up to uh summer there was like you know finn balor attacked seth rons and i was like oh christmas day are we going around this tree again but no we weren't like it was just there to be we're gonna beat finn again in the main event and that puts an end to his world title hopes and use that to start our next storyline with our next challenger so a lot of this did feel like an epilogue mm. to SummerSlam, while also starting a new chapter on where we are going next. Yeah. And when you said that, that kind of made me go, oh, okay, let me have a think about it. And then I went back and, and I mean, I remembered, it's a similar thing to SummerSlam, which for me, SummerSlam was a show that was less than the sum of its parts. Like as a collective whole show, I didn't think it was, a, it was like the worst WWE PLA of the year, which is like, you know, they've been all particularly great so been far. Great, yeah. So that's like, you know, it's great on a curve or whatever. I think it's, it says a lot that when people were talking about, uh, not being the worst show of the year was like you have to go as far back as extreme rules right. to find like the last time you ended a wwe pay-per-view being like oh that uh, wasn't that great exactly um but the, within that by what i mean by less than some of its parts was the the matches were great like i there were some moments that were when it, when it was really good it was really good like the brock and cody like um the finn and seth, finn and seth the closing of finn and seth like the eo cash in the great moments were mm. great the less than great moments were less than great add it all together and i've got kind of a mismatch show that's kind of how i felt about raw because there are moments and we will review them where i felt it was really good um but a, as a collective piece i found it to be disjointed and a little bit confusing um not least of which is the main topic of the show that you've picked for us which is cody's next act and it's it's why i wanted to lead with cody because we got a direction for seth we got a direction for gunther Sort of in a way, we got another direction for the Judgment Day because that's now going to be going into this, you know, possible Judgment Day civil war. Now mm -hmm. that JD McDonough is back in the picture, you can tell that Vince is in, involved <laughs> in creative currently. But Cody, did we get what the next chapter of Cody's story is? Because he opened the show here, and they were like, you know, they had this big video package for what happened at SummerSlam. And it took you through like all of the matches. And then it cuts to our brand new Raw commentary team of Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. Boy, it was, oh, it was nice to get mm. some competent commentary on this show. For That's a yeah, commentary at times. You know, the, the amount of, it made me realize how much dead air we've had for yeah. the past few months. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Michael Cole doesn't know how to stop. No. He is just always going and he's very very good at that mm. but like michael cole's saying it's the most what summer slam in mm -hmm. history to put over the attendance uh, figures now even the fake ones at the social media traction that they were getting and then said you can tell um or you can attribute a lot of summer slam success to this man chun chun wrestling mm. has more than one royal family cody makes his entrance everyone goes nuts for it and he uh comes out to say that he had the privilege of surviving Brock Lesnar, Minneapolis's own 
Brock Lesnar. And he said, not only did I get to survive Brock Lesnar, I also got to have this moment. And they showed the moment where Brock shook his hand and gave him a hug. A moment that Triple H said in the press conference was off script. Mm. And I said to Pete on the SummerSlam Review, I do not buy that for a single second. But then Mike Johnson reported a PW Insider was genuinely an off the script moment. Mm. I don't I I, I still don't buy it. I don't buy it either. I think maybe it was there meant to be a handshake and then the rest of it was off script. But yeah, I don't buy that this wasn't planned. No, I don't buy it as well. But it was a cool moment and to the point that Cole is making here, it really did set up Cody mm. as like your guy. Like Brock Lesnar has never done that. Like to my maybe I'm misremembering. No, but they were putting over huge that Brock doesn't do. No, this. and I've never seen him ringingly endorse someone in that way. Mm. So there you go. And he also said that I spoke to my mother about that match, and she said, "You know what happened in that match? He acknowledged you." And I did go, "Oh." And that's it. So, you know, and he was like, I can be anyone in the world. Now that will bring out Seth Rollins. But there was that line there of he acknowledged me yes. was very much the just so you know, it is me and Roman still. Mm, he was pointed, wasn't it? Yeah, there it, it was a pointed note to be like, we it's me and Roman. That's your WrestleMania match. I'm sure you're all enjoying the tribal chief stuff as it currently is with the, the Usos and that. But just so we're all aware it's still my title and I'm going to win that thing at WrestleMania next year. So I thought that was an interesting line. Mm. And then Seth Rollins came out and I was like, so on paper, this is a good thing because it's a big program for Seth. It's a big program for Cody. They've got so much shared history. And importantly for me, and I said this in the edited review, it's a big program that the world title needs because it still does not feel like a world title. But Cody going for it makes it feel like a world title because that is your guy right there going mm. for that title. But on the other hand, and maybe this is just a problem for me, it's a problem for people who you know work in this sort of field, people watching this show who are like in the weeds mm. of all of this. Cody has said so many times, I don't want to win that title because that title means nothing yeah. to me. That is not me finishing the story. He didn't quite use those words. In so many words, he did say that title means nothing to me. Um, possibly. I, I think that means nothing to me is a particularly uh, pessimistic angle on what he said. What he did say, and, and, and the interesting thing, admittedly not canon, like he didn't say it in the arena, didn't say it in the ring, didn't say it on television, has said it in interviews to, to, about his documentary, that... Um, Seth's going to do great things with that belt. It's a great championship. It's a beautiful piece of gold. Like he's kind of put over the belt as being something, but it's not the one I came back to win. Yeah. Because I came back to win the WWE championship. Because it means nothing to me. That's I, not, I, but because, I, I see what you're exactly, saying. That's because, not what he said though. It's, it's reading between the lines. And I'm inferring a lot, a lot yeah. in there because what he wants is the WWE championship, which is hysterical. That belt doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, like, yeah. I don't. I, and I said this in a previous news episode. I don't think Cody knows that that belt doesn't exist anymore. But, uh, but so okay. Here's where again, and and this is potentially where all the people start going. That I'm defending WWE all the time. Yes, it doesn't exist anymore, and yet it also does. Because like, come on. I mean, it's like we all know that's the WWE Championship, and but I it's, get but it's called the Universal Championship. It's called it? the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. It's considering the it's continuing the lineage of the Universal Belt more than which it is, is their own mess yeah. that they've made for themselves but like, i think that that's a, a separate conversation the point i more wanted to make was 
for me, and I, you know, people who work here, people who are watching this that are within the weeds that are watching, you know, that are so into the world of wrestling that they're watching a podcast of two dudes talking about wrestling. Dudes. We are, we know that Cody has said these things, but to the wider public, that's not, it's not been canon on TV, as you yeah. mentioned there. It's not like he's come out on TV and been like, yeah, I don't want to win that belt because mm. my goal is to win the other belt. So you can set Cody up on TV, mm. but because he's been so vocal about it elsewhere, for me personally, I'm always going to struggle to get into a Cody versus Seth story over mm. the belt because it's not the belt he wants. And I don't disagree with you. I actually feel that same way. I wrote the same thing. You know, he's not interested in that title. So teasing us with it is a bit weird. Um, but it's just weird for us, though, isn't it? Because well, it's... Y- yes, because because it's not mentioned on television. We actually had this conversation yesterday on Collision about how, uh, as far as we know, in the in the in canon AEW universe, Punk and the Elite have never really crossed paths in that way. Yeah. So all of this stuff about who who's going to take on who and when is stuff that we've done ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And that can be a thing that, that we do oftentimes ding these companies for, all of them, um, when we get ahead of ourselves and we fantasy book it and then we don't get the fantasy booking, which is different than the, the critique of you were setting us up with this and you swerved us because we figured it out, mm-hmm. which does happen, happen in Game of Thrones, happen elsewhere. I always do the George R. R. Martin example. Um, in universe, Cody has challenged for this title uh, in, the in the tournament, yeah, specifically. Uh, and he has looked at it and he has sort of a little bit cross paths with Seth in the backstage area looking at the belt or whatever. Um, what was interesting to me was that Seth came out. So Cody didn't say, I want that belt. So it's not a case of the challenger going, that's a prize and I want it. It's the champion saying, you think you're better than me and I've got the prize. Why don't you come and take it? Which, if you want us to buy into it, you want the challenger to go out and say something. I don't think it would be creatively, narratively as satisfying to see Cody Rhodes win this belt. In the same way that had Cody won the AEW title, him winning the WWE title would have felt creatively satisfying as well, regardless of whether he won mm-hmm. the AEW world title. Um, and for me, there was some people talking recently about the story of, oh, but it's not like, oh, so he finished the story and wins a belt, then what? And I'm like, well, then what is the more interesting story to me? Then what? You've done it. Now you've got to go make mm-hmm. your own legacy. You've got to, you've got to work hard. You've got to make this mean something. Um, and I don't think you get that as um, it, uh, narratively satisfying unless he beats Roman Reigns for the WWE title. So we've now got this show where Cody's come out, he's teased Roman is my future direction. Mm. And, you know, we had this thing with Seth here. So you're like, okay, maybe we're going to do Cody and Seth. But we very much set up later in the show. And actually throughout this show, it's like we're doing Cody and Seth. But at the end of the show, we found out that Seth's next challenge is actually going to be Shinsuke Nakamura. Mm. And that's actually the direction we're going. So it leaves, for me, a bit of a question mark over the head of Cody of, well, what are we doing next with with Cody? And actually, we you know we had these chats in after SummerSlam, um, you know, on the SummerSlam review show. And now, actually, when you and I were doing the live reactions, I was like, "What do you do next week? What would you like to see Cody Rhodes do next?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, honestly, I don't know because there doesn't feel like there's a lot of people that are on his level. And the reports come through that Nick Aldis yeah. has been brought into WWE, but only in a producer role. I feel this is part of a hiring freeze. Thing. So, because I wonder if even when Kyrie Sane coming back, that's just going to be because she was when she l- left WWE, she actually went to begin uh, to be an ambassador for the company in Japan. in Japan, and then she like ran out of her contract and and left that way. So she was already kind of like done as an active in ring performer for WWE. 
And I wonder if she's going to come back into a similar thing. So it's not an in-ring role mm. because they have got this main roster hiring freeze going on. And so Nick Aldis coming in, like, I, if you are bringing in Nick Aldis in your company and you're not using him as a wrestler, you are thick. Like, absolutely <laughs> catastrophically bad at this job. Yes. So it has to be a hiring freeze thing. Well, well, it doesn't, it, yes, possibly, but there's, there's one extra wrinkle. I've been on about Nick Aldis for a long time. I talked about him last year. I was saying it's, it'd be a really interesting short-term thing to come in, have, have him face. Well, when we were looking at, well, who else does Roman face? Who else does Roman face? Mm. I'm like, bring in other guys. And I don't think Triple H is afraid of that, you know, to bring in someone from a different, who hasn't, w, uh, Vince was always like, if it wasn't WWE, it doesn't count, pal. Yeah. And Triple H does have that energy as well in the does. documentary calling AEW a secondary promotion, which is not incorrect, but also feels like shots fired. Um, the idea that what you did elsewhere doesn't matter until you get into this ring is, is baked into the WWE law, but Triple H isn't afraid to... You know, AJ Styles is a great example of someone who went and then came in immediately in the in the big picture. Exactly. So you can do it, and the idea of someone like Nicholas, who is a talented wrestler uh, on the books, is and has history with Cody. Yeah. Like you know, at NW, all in, all in the NWA's world title. Exactly. You could, and all you need to do is have Wade Barrett on commentary now say things like. You may not know him at home, but this guy is Nick Aldis. He's won championships all over the world. You bring, and you bring him in, you put him in a program with Cody. Like yeah. You immediately establish him as... You have a, Cody recognize him. And yeah. They, yeah. And, you, and you establish that, oh, this guy's a big deal. He's mm. a top guy now already in our company because we're thinking against arguably the biggest star on Monday Night Raw. The only thing I have against what you were saying about it being a hiring freeze is there are reports that Nick Aldis actually is dealing with a back injury at the moment. So it's potentially this thing where they're bringing him in, working in this backstage role, while he rehabs the back Hopefully he's only so. 36 years old well that's it he uh yeah he is he's 36 yeah. he's born in 86 yeah so he's he's still young well that's it because when people are like oh yeah you gotta bring him in he's you know he's a bit past i was like dude he's younger than cody he's younger than priest i think he's younger, younger than, than bala he's younger than bala yeah. like he's a young dude he's yeah. younger than me also age in wrestling is not um that not, way anymore like not. you know we, uh mick foley retired at the age of like 36 or something yeah. like that but he was so broken and yeah, beaten down. That was because, yeah. And the rings that they were wrestling on, and the styles that they wrestled. Meanwhile, the Miz is who will, is in the show later on, and part of what they were talking about is he's been here twenty years, and it's like people are people last longer now. Look at Chris Jericho. We talk about this a lot. Yeah. Like Chris Jericho look, is older now than Bob Backlund was when he was there. Chris Jericho is older now, I think, than Vince McMahon was in the Attitude Era. Like, yeah. it's a, or at least close enough. I remember when, you know, uh, the, the Undertaker was celebrating the decade of destruction. I was like, he must be near into retiring. Mm. Because he's been, he's, like, he's done it for 10 years. So age doesn't matter in that way anymore. So I would believe it is, it is something to do with an injury. The hiring freeze is something that hasn't been confirmed. But if you look at the material... Let's be honest. Yep. All the free agents, your Jay Whites, even your Mercedes Monet, like people out there. The signs are there. Yeah, that they're not taking anybody. So I do feel like they could do a lot worse than bringing Nicole into because we've got there's a long time between now and WrestleMania, which is when we have Cody mm -hmm. uh, and Roman is the, is the is the backstage scuttlebutt about what it's going to be. Because the other thing as well is that uh, reportedly uh, Roman actually got hurt in the right. SummerSlam match, and he's not. I mean, he wasn't going to be on TV for a while anyway but apparently like he's not gonna be on tv for ages mm. now and i don't think he's actually factored into any pay-per-views for the rest of the year mm, you want to keep them apart anyway regardless of you, how, yeah, if you, that's you the have way. to you have to yeah um, so, but what my point was more like it's not like cody and roman are going to go into a program for survivor series right yes they're yes. gonna like if it is cody and roman that is going to be a 2024 thing do you have cody win the rumble yeah two years in a row like austin yeah i have cody win the rumble 
I'm not against that. Having come in at number one, win the Rumble. Yeah, the opposite of last year, 30. Yeah, yeah the whole way through. Yeah, especially if that's that's a way to deal with people I being know. like... I'd love it if you ended with Cody and Gunther again. Ah, uh, I know. Yeah, that's I'd, a nice idea. Yeah. Because I guess that... So, I, the, so the answer the question of like, what do you do for Cody? Because we've been talking like for 20, 20 odd minutes now mm. about, you know, what what is next for Cody? We didn't get an answer on this show. It's likely not Seth because Seth's now going into this program with Nakamura. It's not Aldis because mm -hmm. Aldis is going into a backstage producer role. Probably not the Judgment Day because they're going into their own little their Civil internal. War thing. Gunther's got his little feud with Chad Gable, but that's not going to be a long-term thing, so that could possibly open up Gunther. But it means a question of, like, who else is there for Cody to go against? Unless you stick Cody within the Seth Nakamura story, not necessarily that he's got this direct feud that is just his and his alone, but... He does have his fingers in both pies, Judgment Day and Seth. Like, he's got his business with Dom, and there was the great segment right at the beginning where we do have that segment, and I do have lots of notes for that segment, so when we get into the actual mm -hmm. rundown. Um, but the, they, they have a moment, they brought that up together. This Seth history that they've got, and the fact that Seth was so anti-Cody all show, and they did have a shake of hands at the end of the show. And Cody was the one, like, looking with Nakamura. He's there with Sami Zayn as well. KO is currently on the shelf. Sami's injury is not really an injury we so don't much. know i was doing yeah. what it was was like a bursa sack on his elbow uh which i've been doing some research and it's basically just like it's inflamed this is this thing which helps us move our elbows and and it, john cena had it like taz dr taz posted like ah this happens all the time yeah. so like rescue this a lot it's actually nothing to worry about it's nothing serious so you could have him slot into that that feud as well the worry is that that becomes cody your biggest star and SummerSlam put him over as the biggest star in the company playing a secondary role yeah like even if he just like you know takes on the role of kevin owens for a little mm. bit and like you know oh, i'll defend the tag titles with you sammy yeah. if you could pick yeah, one which, which person I which i wouldn't do if you could pick one person to feud with cody through to let's say mid to late october the october pay-per-view mm -hmm. do you have someone in mind who it would be someone in the chat just pointed it out there i will name them bonus baby dragonov it's always gonna be my answer to most things <laughs> but like just like you know dragonov is is toiling away in nxt he does he's not need it. to be there he's done it tyler bates another one he does not need to be in nxt i i think at this point i'd probably i think you fancy tyler bait you're always talking about him it's because i'm tall about him yeah <laughs> my wife's four foot eleven i just i'm like you like tyler bait i'm like oh you're like my wife <laughs> I think, I think Tyler Bates about four foot eleven as well. Because <laughs> I'm me standing next to him. I'm five foot ten. Yeah. I was towering over him. I was like, <laughs> are you a wrestler? <laughs> but I like Good. I would I think at this point, I'm looking at that raw lineup. I can't see a name that is at the level that of a Cody Rhodes. I think so, that's a shame. I think it's a shame as well. So my backup option for there, if I'm going to the back of my brain to be like, well, what else am I going to do is I'm going to bring someone up and make them the same level as Cody Rhodes yeah. by putting them straight into a program with him, which you could do with Dragunov. You could do with Tyler Bay. Someone put it out there, Drew McIntyre. There's some interesting, oh. and then McIntyre's a very interesting guy there. Chosen so one, the chosen one. They were around the same sort of time. They both, they God, both got a, a similar show. story. They both left, they both left, <gasps> and both made their names elsewhere. But Drew didn't get to have the the the, the big, this big comeback. Yeah, well, he, he had to go he, to NXT. He went to NXT. He was then Dolph's lackey for a little bit. Then and then, Shane, he got to and then Shane the McMahon's lackey, and, and then he won the belt in front of nobody. Won the belt in front of nobody. Drew actually, uh, shout out to a few people who uh, highlight Drew there. 
Because that's the thing. That I, did, is, I didn't even consider. That is inspired. I, I didn't even consider Drew. A, he's baby face. But B, I didn't even consider him because he's not been back that long. Mm. And he had. You know, he, was, he was on TV for two weeks, then had the Gunther match, and then wasn't on this show. Well, this is the thing. He's he's he, when he has been back, he has also been away. Yeah, so he's this weird he thing. Like he is present, but he's gone. But he's back, but he's gone. Narratively, I mean, you say both baby faces. Drew actually did say something recently in an interview where he was like, "Oh, I I actually wouldn't be averse to going heel if there was the right story. Um, you yeah. could do it. Like that's that's actually a very very good shout." Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, let's get into what you think of this. Big shout out to uh, to everyone who was saying true because exactly, so it's not just one person. So it's a lot of people saying true, um, and I, I feel a little bit silly for not even thinking about that yeah. myself. So well, we do this for a job. Credit to you. Apparently, they were tag champs together. Cody and Drew in WWE way back. I'll find out. Yeah. Um, anyway, please get in your comments down below with what you'd like to see Cody Rhodes doing if you're watching live. Ding, ding. Get in your uh, alpha chats to restock.com forward slash support. We'll kick things off with Lord Blake OB says a lot of people are forgetting that Roman versus Cody was plan B. Roman versus Rock was plan A. USA demanded Cody and uh, Fox demanded Roman. USA Fox demanded their own exclusive world titles. If Cody won, would Roman have just had the World Heavyweight Champion uh, Championship on SmackDown? It makes less sense. So that's kind of more of a overall picture of it kind of goes back into the 
Cody should have won at WrestleMania mm. argument, I, I suppose. Also, they had two belts. Yes, like, that, like that, that. That's what I would have said. They they had they had two belts previously. Yeah, they had two belts. Uh, they didn't need to combine those two and create a third one to appease both networks. Like yeah. they they quite ha- or you could even have a person on both. Like uh, yeah yeah. I mean, in in the lead up to WrestleMania, we did a lot of fantasy booking on well, what do you do with the Universal Title? And we came up with dozens of ideas, and we're thick. So like. <laughs> These these people who actually do this for a living probably could have come up with something. Mm. Uh, Ket said, it's something like this that really proves that Roman should have lost at Mania. The Roman title reign has overstayed its welcome and it's done more harm than good in a lot of areas. I feel like it's with something that I've said about the, the ending of SummerSlam was that if, uh, if the belt was on uh, Cody now, I think people would be a lot less angry about the J thing. I think it would have felt because it was more about the tribal combat thing, which the way they were talking about being a tribal chief made it feel like a championship anyway. That storyline could have carried on without a belt. We've said this a million times. Um, and you, I think you could tell the exact same story with Cody Rhodes. Like I said, the, Cody Rhodes gets the belt. The question becomes, okay, well now create your own legacy. You've, you could have someone come out and be like, you've coasted for the longest time on your dad's name. You've done it now. So what does Cody Rhodes do? Mm-hmm. Like, make your own story. Um, On that tribal combat thing, a few people have pointed out, apparently the WWE.com established the rules of tribal combat was no one was allowed to interfere. Mm. And that really reeks of the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Right. And that was never part of it, but yeah. that's what WWE.com wrote up. And there are people being like, oh, nobody's allowed to interfere. Well, you know, it, yeah. the heel broke the rules in shock. And it's like, yeah, but that's why, I don't know. It's, it's, it's no DQ. Yeah. Um, um, update from our moderators here. They were tag champs in 2010. I've just found the picture. One of the tag titles at Night of Champions that same year. Bloody hell, 2010. Outside of the Nexus is a real life. Look at this little baby picture. How's that? Look at these two. Look at that. Look at these two bland chumps right here. <laughs> There's awful belts. But um, yeah, 2010. Real. Out, honestly, outside of the Nexus. Mm. And that's only the, like, you know, that's the summer into the, the latter part of the year with Wade and Randy. God, I don't know anything else that happened in 2010. Bret Hart won the US title, I think, in 2010, which is, I think it happened in 2010. Uh, Shawn Michaels retired in 2010. That, that WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. 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 I wouldn't have done that was 2010. Mm. Edge, Edge won the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, obviously that one. But, you know, as the older you get, years just all look the same. I hate it how much that's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I. I, I <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about? With Youth is bloody wasted on the young, let me tell you. So I was talking to someone about this recently. It was something that happened in 2018. And I said, oh yeah, that was five years ago. That was half a decade Literally. ago. And I was like, oh, that's awful. Now, the that's Olympics horrible. were over a decade ago. Yeah. The yeah, London yeah. Olympics. The London Olympics. Awful. I mean, granted, that meant nothing to me. Do you hate fun? No, it's just, it's, I, I don't do sports and it, it, it literally meant nothing what, to what me. What are we doing here? This then? is not a sport, it's Dan. sports entertainment. You're it's, this right. is not You're a right. sport. I beg to differ. I've got trophies to prove it. So Swain Sosau is a member for 21 months in a row says, congrats, Professor, on the championship win. On the note of Cody, though, if he's ready or even if he came back, I would do Cody versus Randy. Yeah, Randy is uh, is reportedly uh, been advised to never wrestle again. So expect sure to is. see him back in six to eight months. Yeah. So um, the, the the report from Fightful the was don't know how to stop. The, the report from Fightful was that uh, Randy's not wrestling training. Mm. He, he's lifting weights. Apparently, he's enormous. Yeah, I heard that. Because all he's doing is lifting weights. Because yeah. he's not doing any cardio or anything like that. So he's just a jacked dude currently. But yeah, he's not taking bumps or anything like that i guess there's a really interesting uh, note that sean had in his report which is that this is 
uncharted territory for wrestlers, the surgery that he's had in his lower back. It's not surgery that wrestlers have a lot of. Mm. Um, and so no one really knows what it means for coming back. But, you know, like, hey, look, rest, doctors have told him that he shouldn't wrestle again. But they also said that to Edge. They said it to Danielson, said mm. it to Soraya. People can come back from these sorts of things. I mean, it's a weird one where, on the one hand, I want to be like, oh, do be careful because I get nervous and I don't, you don't want, and we talked about with Ricky Dragon Steamboat mm. uh, on Collision, you don't want to see anybody in a, in a bad way. It, like, you know, it's very serious. The stuff that uh, Edge was dealing with, very serious stuff and it makes you nervous. And if, if Randy, who has kids, like he has a family, if it's, uh, it's going to be potentially really dangerous for him, I'd rather he was focused on Absolutely, that and come yeah. back to wrestle because he's had an incredible career to to date but i also think doctors would probably tell you to probably not wrestle like if you if you want to live a perfectly healthy life maybe don't land on your back because wrestling, 200 wrestling nights a, year. a very silly thing to do yes it's quite dangerous yeah yeah you know, they talk about how all wrestlers have got their bump cards yeah and i think randy has even in those ladder matches where he's not taking bumps mm. he was still he's he's had a lot on his bump card i mean hey this ain't ballet it ain't ballet folks Uh, let's get into the show already because we are 35 minutes into the show. And oh, we but we just have of, such fun, Luke. We do have fun. And like the Lucha House Party, we like to have fun. And the Party Girls. Yeah, uh, well, we'll come on to them in a little okay. bit, I suppose. <laughs> um, so we talked about Seth Rollins coming out and wearing the most obnoxious pair of Crocs you've ever seen. Here are my two Obc- Obcroxious, if you will. Perfect. I didn't think about that. I was going to talk about him in my edited review and I was like, I can't be asked to talk about his shoes. But, I now, that, but now that I've just thought about that, I wish I had. Because it's a very good bit. Thanks. I wrote two notes, all caps. Seth has the yellow version of the glorious boots. Do you remember the red boots that I loved so much? Yeah. Um, and then I wrote, oh, they have holes in them. They're Crocs. I don't like them as much anymore. Yeah. So Seth give it, giveth and Seth taketh away. My uh, my my kid's going up to big nursery, and uh, she's being called up. She's being called. She's, she's being called up to the main roster. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things she's going to learn on the main roster is how to operate a PC. Too what I know. <laughs> She'll be coding by year four. <laughs> so made me laugh though. They just said it. One of the things they learn on PCs is how to load a CD and select programs. <laughs> I'm like, it's not 1998. <laughs> like, What's this? A floppy disk? Computers <laughs> don't have disk drives anymore. What a pointless skill to give my child. Um, but, <laughs> but it's about making selections, apparently. But anyway, um, one of the things they've told her is that she's got to have a good pair of slippers, and we yeah, didn't really yeah. know what that meant. We've discovered that that means Crocs. And I do not want to buy my kid Crocs. Uh, do you know what the irritating truth is? Crocs are actually quite comfortable. That's what people keep telling me. They're ugly. I ain't doing it. I like, you know what else is And I need them. I, my shoe, I had to pay like an extra 40 quid on my shoes for ultra cush because I've got bad feet. <laughs> I bet you did. Because I'm, I'm old. <laughs> you know. Ultra cush. Ultra cush. <laughs> ultra cush technology. Because I'm walking in, I've been wearing nothing but Converse <laughs> since I was 14. And now when I walk on Converse, I can feel the pavement underneath it. I was like, this is well uncomfortable. Why don't like, people wear these for so often? It's because my feet are knackered. Aging sucks. Aging sucks. So I have to get shoes with ultra cush technology. In Stop them. saying ultra cush. <laughs> Matt Riddle's not out yet. Um, anyway, Judgment Day uh, came out. You'll never guess what. They run Monday Night Raw. It was so awkward because like D- Damien Priest comes out and he's like, you guys are standing here like you run Monday Night Raw, but you don't. And then Rhea Ripley, because you have to say your catchphrase, is like, yes, because unless the Judgment Day mon- runs Monday Night Raw. And I was like, oh, we're all just saying the same thing now. Mm. Um, anyway, 
They did the usual shtick. They all brawled. Balor attacked Rollins. He wasn't actually out with them, but he attacked Rollins from behind, and it was going to set up a six-man tag player when Sami Zayn ran out to make the save. This all was so utterly standard. Oh, like, yeah. It was so... Epilogue. Boring. <laughs> boring. Like, I w- I've seen this a million times, like, in exactly the same way. It's just they've just replaced Kevin Owens with Cody Rhodes. I don't need it, you know? I, I, and, I, I and it's a shame. I did like that when... Dom squared up to Cody and off mic Cody goes back up Dom and Dom did I liked that that was a nice little moment but for the most part I was just like did SummerSlam happen or are we yeah. just well when Balor attacked Rollins I was like eesh Mickey yeah eesh. Yeah. Let's not go down this path. So that again. set me up for the show, which was a, a sort yeah. of a downer. Uh, backstage, Adam Pearce was talking to Ricochet, who was complaining about Logan Paul cheating. Uh, but he set up a facial four-way mm. where the winner of that will get the number one contendership to the United States Championship. And as I said in my edited review, this makes complete sense yes. because uh, Chad Gable took Gunther to the limit no, last week and then lost. But and then and then lost. Mm. Uh, Champa earned this by losing yeah. last week. Lost. And then Ricochet earned this by losing at SummerSlam. He lost. Uh, and um, Riddle. Matt Riddle earned this by losing last week. Lost so when, Gunther twice already. When you think about it, this makes complete sense yeah. that these four people would get the opportunity mm. to go for the United States Championship. Yeah, I think it's it's it would be intercontinental title for a start. So, yep, same difference. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Gunther has been working very hard. I'm being facetious <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> you are. You're right, the IC title. Uh, but no, it, it is a thing of like... Oh, they all lost, so they all get put together. Now, l- let's be abundantly clear. This match was the tits. I had oh, a great was time. Awesome. But obviously it was. Yeah. Because look at who's in the ring. And like ultimately, yeah, wins and losses don't matter in WWE. So Until whatever. Do. Until they do. Because the Shayna Baszler thing, it turns out wins and losses do matter. I can't. We'll get to that. But like, yeah, I mean, we got in this... Uh, the, I mean, there's some beautiful fast pace they're all four in the ring not typical wwe style yeah this, this was a pwg yes. fatal four-way more than a wwe fatal four-way they then do lean into wwe style but they they have a little bit of both there's a quadruple avalanche german suplex that at one point awesome um, I, I particularly enjoyed there was a moment when they had a i'm gonna go and go this beat by beat it was i believe it was a superplex by riddle to champer we then had a shooting star press by ricochet to matt riddle and a splash by chad gable to champer but both champer and riddle got their knees up into a roll-up for a double two count near fall mm. it was really sublime stuff yeah but for me it was this finish okay this finish ruled yeah everything yeah i loved this finish so much yeah this finish was gable went to hit the chaos theory suplex on matt riddle but ricochet stole the move mid flow mm-hmm. to hit the recoil on uh, uh on matt riddle yeah. so chad gable just grabs ricochet to try and hit the chaos uh, the theory. chaos theory suplex but champa gets in and steals it mid move to hit the famous on ricochet so chad gable grabs champa and hits the chaos theory suplex on him to get the win yeah charged up all of his finishes for the final yeah but hot dog it was chef's kiss. It was electric. And it was, I mean, Chad Gable was getting chance, not just cheers, active Gable chance. I mean, hometown boy, sure. But like, it was showing that this this work has this, been getting him over. It, this has worked. Man. His his work here was absolutely outstanding. That finish, as you say, absolutely outstanding because it was this. It was that whole thing of like, he's being denied it, denied it, denied it. And Chamba had even countered the chaos theory earlier in the match as well. Yeah. So it was this, this like tease, this delayed, finally gets it, gets the win all the yes in the world for this so kind of you know so silly wwe style wins don't matter booking to get us it but when they gave us it what a match it was and then that closing sequence did you cry 
I don't think I cried, no. But the child was having a nice time, Luke. <laughs> the child was. Oh, you mean when he was celebrating with this kid? Yeah. Oh, that 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 did warm my heart. There you go. Yeah. Because like he so what happened is he he wins the match. It's his hometown. There you go. That's another Vince McMahon's not in charge. He wins in his hometown. <laughs> um, and he runs around. He goes to the ring. His family are at ringside. And he picks his son up. His son who is wearing an Alpha Academy singlet. And as all children who are in arenas do, a giant uh, earmuffs to cover their little tiny ears to protect them. So thus looking the most adorable any child has ever looked. And he runs around the ring with him on his shoulders. Everyone in the arena is screaming with him. Gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Says, I love you. I love you. I think children are scum. And I found it quite touching. <laughs> So, <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you this as well, actually. So I may as well tell you now. So yesterday I was supposed to have. I had a day off yesterday because right. I, I did um, all of the SummerSlam stuff, right? Um, did you for the triple shift? I didn't think you were working that hard. <laughs> Thanks, bud. You basically um, didn't stop. <laughs> um, but so I had the day off yesterday, and my kid was in nursery. So the plan was, me and my wife, who is not working at the moment, we're going to go down to uh, Hastings. We're going to spend yeah, the day side. together, yeah. have a little beach day, and just go to coffee shops and mm. just do some writing or things like that. We're going to have a nice day together. Mm. Uh, my kid is unwell. She, because um, nursery is just a petri dish of various different uh, ailments that you can pick up, she's got hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> Which is, all of them? Well, yeah, that's, that's actually what it's called: hand, foot, and mouth disease. Christ, and it's not to do with any, it's not to do with foot and mouth like we used to yeah, we with the cows. Yeah, yeah. So this this is just a very different thing. I, I, dear NHS, give it a different name. Then. Yeah, but it's hand, foot, and mouth disease. She, she gets little spots on her our wrists, yeah, wrist, as she would say, and spots on her feet, and then she just gets ulcers in uh. her mouth. But because she's a baby and doesn't know. She doesn't understand why it hurts. So anytime she puts something in her mouth, it just hurts the ulcer. She just ends up screaming and stuff. Also means that she's gone mute and she doesn't want to say words because her mm, mouth hurts. hurts. Also means she doesn't she doesn't want to swallow things because her throat's scratchy. So she is dribble city. Oh god! And I know how much that you don't like this. children are so sticky and wet and dribbly, on, and it gets. And I've got a really nice sofa, so this, I don't want that. On the Sunday that I was working here doing the SummerSlam review. Mm. <laughs> My wife had her in five different outfits because she dribbled through them and we're just like, she's like, she's going to sit here drenched. So I'd had to put her in five different outfits. And I was like, oh, I really want to invite Dan over now so just he can foul. just see how dribble. I go watched her and she just had this pool of dribble just pouring out of her mouth. Under her. There was a rivet of water like, oh. in the neckline of her top. Just keep, keep children away from me until they're at least seven years old. And then even then I'll like see them for five minutes and then come back when you're an adult no interest <laughs> but anyway um cody and sammy were having a chat backstage seth walked in annoyed that cody had booked this match or suggested that they team together and sammy desperately wanted to get them onto the same page and cody and seth pretend that they're cool but i don't think they are well i don't think they are no i don't think they are either um we had a recap of tribal combat and then miz got annoyed that la knight was having a photo shoot more on that in a bit and to finish up the feud, more of that epilogue nature of mm -hmm. this episode, Shinsuke Nakamura beat Big Bronson Reed in a fine match. I've got more to say about the commentary on this one than I do about the actual in-ring action. Yeah, I mean, my, my I'm pretty much the same. I said in wild contrast to the previous match, uh, this one is just quite pedestrian. There was a beautiful snap power slam from uh, Bronson Reed. His uh, agility and his quickness is one of the reasons I, I like him so much. Um, Nakamura, interesting on Nakamura's developments later in the show because I was just looking at him like, he just likes to surf. He's just here for a good time. Like, there's no energy to, to Nakamura's performances, um, which put a pin in that because we'll come back to it later on. Um, yeah, what, what about... I, I did write about commentary too. Is it the ping pong ball argument? No. 
so I'll do I'll do this bit because then you can take us through that. Barrett um, was making a lot of points. He was he was commentating in NXT when Reed was there, so he was like, you know, there was that knowledge of the moves. There was there was telling us giving a bit of color. Yeah, this was where I realized that Cole is just letting the commentary rattle. They were going. There was so little dead air, and it was making me realize how often Kevin Patrick just went, "What's going to happen now?" and then left it for ages. Like yeah. it was what a move. Exactly, and then just and then silence. The energy was here for Michael Cole, which is kind of he's 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 really good at that. But they did have a little argument about being a ping pong ball. So Wade Barrett made the argument that Bronson Reed is like a ping pong ball because of the way that he moves around the ring. Mm. Michael Cole, not understanding that, <laughs> said, "Is uh, probably more like a bowling ball because of his size." And Wade Barrett was like, "Bowling balls don't bounce." <laughs> well, they do if you've got the sides up. So and then later on, he hits him really hard, and Wade Barrett goes like, "Well, that was a bit like a bowling." <laughs> and Michael Cole took that as a victory. See, see, I told you I was right. And I was like, "No, you weren't right, Michael Cole. You were wrong." But I'm so glad it's them and not KP and Corey. God love to both of them. Yeah, uh, Nakamura dodged the tsunami and hit two Kinshasas for the win. Sucks to be Bronson Reed. Man yeah. can't. Like I don't know what you do with Bronson at this point because you put him in another big match. And he's yeah, fine. he just puts him in big feuds and then he loses, or you know he just partners with the Miz for a week and mm. then you don't return to that ever again. He's a hired gun, but only for the Miz and twice a year. Yeah, <laughs> like it's I don't know, man. Like this whole Bronson Reed thing is just. He's great. Hey, he just like I, just, I don't know what you do with him now. But like, do you remember uh, after the elimination chamber and after the there was the little segment with the the I can't remember, ever remember what they're called, but the Godzilla versus Kong element of um of uh the series of Bobby Lashley. Like that's yeah. what I want to see. I think he was another one of those who suffered. Yes, he was another one of those like an elimination chamber. Where we were like, ah, oh, this is the moment for Bronson Reed. And I said, maybe this is me just toot my own horn here and I'll take a little victory lap on this one. I was like, I'll wait until I'll wait till I see it. Because I yeah. like uh, Johnny Gargano ain't getting anything out of this match either. Yeah, there you go. And he didn't. Um, speaking of Johnny Gargano, <laughs> earlier today, Raquel Rodriguez has found some new friends mm. uh, in Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Yeah. Just back on TV. There they are, look. They've had no interactions before, as far as I'm aware, but they were just there on TV together as if mm. they've always been friends. And they were just there to let you know that um, Raquel's still not cleared. They'll, she'll have to wait. Yeah, I thought it was very rude of the medical official to talk about her, not to her. Like she's right there, and he's saying to Adam Pierce, like, "Look, she's just got to accept the fact that <laughs> if she can't, if she's not clear, she can't face Rhea." And then, like Adam Pierce says, "I'm sorry, Rhea. I'm sorry, Raquel. If you're not clear, you can't face Rhea." Then they leave, and Ra- and Raquel's like, "Oh, this is really annoying." And then Candice are in and Hartwell went, "You just got to accept the fact that if you're not cleared," and I'm like, "We get it." <laughs> actually do you know what my favorite thing about this was they showed a recap of the brawl last week with Rhea ripley yeah and the backstage segment and cut out all of raquel's acting right they cut out they cut out all of her selling and all of her acting in the backstage yeah segment. and i was like i was right yeah. and they know it was rubbish but also having just said that whole spiel just now i just realized that clearly she needed the three people to tell her because she didn't listen <laughs> come the end of the broadcast did she um this was an awesome segment. Yeah. Maxine was backstage. Chad Gable's just won the number one contendership to the IC title. Ludwig Kaiser walks up, putting over Gunther and how awesome he is. But then he's like, and I've got my eye on you as well. And I think you could be a real special talent if you stop hanging out with you know the wrong crowds. Yeah, he is going full Love Island on her. Oh my god, he's proper like trying to hit on her and stuff. He's in, pulled in... her for a chat, he's negging her, he's chatting 
bad stuff about her current squeeze. And she slaps him and his head turns away and the camera whips with him. And then when he goes back to be like, huh, I like the way you do things. Turns around, Otis is standing there being like, you want to talk to my girl? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this rules. And it's set up a match between Kaiser and Otis for later on. Loved that. Yeah. So, I mean, do you want to talk about this Becky Lynch promo then? You seem to like, you you didn't like this segment Not too at all. much. Oh, Not well, at all. well, please then, the floor is yours. So Becky comes out and seems quite done. Like, she's got <laughs> an expression on her face, and I don't blame her, but she's sort of like... And then um, I've got to promote a match that I've been promoting for three months. Becky's Becky's then. Then we come back and there's a recap of something or other. So Becky's still in the ring. And then there's a, a let you know something else. Oh, the main events confirmed for tonight. Yeah. And Becky's then still in the ring. So she's been waiting for ages and ages. It was it was the Maxine segment. So Becky right. came out and then they right. cut away to the Maxine segment. And then right. there was ad breaks and then there was recaps. And then Becky was back in the ring. So she's in the ring for literally ages. And then she cuts a promo basically saying like, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to take out Trish. I'm going to finally finish this story no uh cody intended um and then zoe stark comes out and she's like i don't know about that and we it's kind of again like the judgment day thing it's kind of like more of the same i've seen this alone and this mm. was supposed to have finished on saturday um but you didn't have time because roman reigns needed to do an entrance for nine years um then we have um uh in the middle of their promo while while you know zoe's doing her best with what she's given which is very little Shayna baszler comes out um, and then, you know, they have a little promo together and then they stand in the ring for absolutely ages while other things on the show go down yeah, they, before they, they have a match. We get a recap of Seth and Balor at, the, at mm. SummerSlam. Then we get a backstage segment with Balor and Judgment Day and then we get the match. And that for, this for me is just such poor, I know you've got three hours to fill, but order things differently. If someone's coming out to the ring, I want to hear what they've got to say immediately. If someone is, is going to be challenged, they're going to make a match, I want it to happen immediately after the commercial break or something like that. Mm. I don't want to have... You you start this and then we cut to the C plot and then we cut back to the A plot for two seconds. Then we cut to the B plot and then we cut this. It doesn't work like that. The production of it was so irritating to me that it felt it was I couldn't get into it. However, I will give this a thumbs up. OK, uh, because I was a bit concerned for, for Baszler. Right. Because I was like, man, she's just yeah, sure she's beaten Ronda Rousey. But we've already established it's Raquel versus Rhea as the next world title program. Mm. And there's always Becky there as well. Like I've got to worry that Shane is going to end up just being like this real feuding with Nikki cross or some, you know, just like to try and tide her over until we, you know, do because they've already teased the idea of doing Becky and Rhea as well. Like we've been mm. sort of like spinning that plate for a little while now, but instead like we did the thing that, you know, they absolutely should do, which is they put Baszler into a program with Lynch. Yeah. It keeps both of them away from the world title, but it establishes Shayna as, as a big star and someone who's going to actually going to get something off the momentum she should have from beating Ronda Rousey and running her out of WWE, as she said. Mm. Um, so I, I, I will give them a thumbs up for this. You're right about the staging and the pacing and stuff, because I've got no time for that whatsoever. Mm. One of my like irrational pet peeves is when people come out for a promo in their gear and mm. then an impromptu match is made. It's like, well, good job they were in their gear right. then. And the one person who wasn't in their gear was the one who made the match and sits at ringside. Also, Adam Pierce, what do you do? Who makes matches official? But only during the show. For the rest of the week, what does he do? 
makes matches official. He, he announces them on social media. He's got access sometimes. To, the, to the Twitter account. Some, he, sometimes. Because on this show, we didn't have a main event and there was still time to fight. They can't find time on SummerSlam for Trish and Becky, but they can find time here for these two matches. It's just this thing of like this logical inconsistency. It doesn't make any sense and it gets on my nerves. However, I get that it's a part of the trope, whatever. Yeah. I want to agree with you on them giving something to do to Shayna and we'll talk about the match in a minute, I suppose. But um, yeah. I had some note on on kind of to your point that I'll come to in a second, but it was just the, it was just the production element. Of oh, it really the, the pacing's always is always off. Mm. Um, and actually, I think with this match as well, it was our only women's match on the show. Yep. Uh, it went ten minutes. Yeah, and it's Zoe Stark versus Shayna Baszler. So it's it's okay. It's pretty good. Like it's 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 there to establish Shayna and give her a, a, another win, particularly because they've been giving Zoe Stark the, the, this rub and push. Also, should say as well, the work that Zoe Stark has been doing in aligning her with Trish is wonders for her as well because she actually does get legit heel heat now. You, she got yeah. watered during her promo, but she came mm-hmm. in an entrance and did get booed. So it does work. You like you, you've been, I've been saying this this whole time. Like uh, you know, it's not again. It's not the women who are, are the problem here. It's the way it's that they're the being book. booked. Yeah, um, and to the the point of the match like my i, I guess we might as well just do the whole thing in one go well so my for me this match was a had a bit of a distraction because it was becky at ringside yeah with the lemonade and it's that making a reference to something that she did on twitter that triple h made a jab about at the press conference and now becky is making a reference to triple h's reference to referencing her on raw it's all a bit petty and spicy, isn't it? It is a little bit. And like, so she makes that she's got this lemonade at ringside and Wade Barrett has some as like, oh man, that's not bitter at all. Mm. Referring to the lemonade. Yeah. And, like, then... and then when the match is over, Becky does the Triple H water spit, but with the <laughs> lemonade and stuff. And it's, I, I'm watching this being like, well, this oh, is... Wade said something about, oh, she's not playing any games anymore. Yeah. I, and I'm watching this and I'm like, well, this is cute and all because it's 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 there for me it's there for you it's there for the people who are watching this show who are like i know what she is referencing to but if you're like a you know i don't know if anyone else is really that bothered about it maybe mm. it's just a thing that happens but like are we building to a triple h like becky feud wrestlemania it's gonna go well, no, I, don't know, I mean god if a triple h match <laughs> the, the entrance alone but like it puts roman to shame but like more a case of like you know is triple h gonna be this authority on-screen figure that's like the vince mcmahon for her stone cold like uh, aside from that are we just doing this for the cuteness of mm. it all because it, all it did was just distract me from the match i want no notes about the match whatsoever mm. i've just got all the becky stuff and then shana won no i agree with you my notes about the match were um looking at a match between these two is like i i want something of substance for the women's division that means that we have less of these like promos of the, uh, the same come down say a thing wait there for ages and ages and it's maybe it's because for for um, my good friend Mark Markison, I've been watching the G1 climax and things like that. And I'm like, can we have like a women's G1 climax or something like that? Because there's so many talented women on this roster oh, who yeah. aren't getting any attention. And I What's and I Piper think Piper Niven doing Piper Niven, Tegan Knox, Vicky uh, Cross, Emma, Dana Brooke, even going back down to NXT, giving herself the, the the latest in her rehabilitation. There are so many women on the NXT roster, so many women on the SmackDown roster: Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, uh, the Party Girls. Um, Chelsea Green at the moment has nothing to do as a result, which is a shame. Um, I feel like, could we have something where there's like a series of matches where it doesn't have to be setting you up for your next thing? It, it just is a case of like, oh, you got two points for winning that one. Do, do Basically, I'm saying do the G1 Climax before winning. Or a Mae yeah. Young Classic. Give them something where it's like, give them time that isn't based in storyline, but is based in competition that allows us to see 
the wealth of talent that we've got because i don't think adding a, a, a women's intercontinental title is the is the answer here just right. give them something to do because we've got so much talent i it's I think it says a lot about WWE that for a long time we were like, man, Raw's got this women's division thing sorted out. Like mm. it's got a really good solid title picture, a really good title program and stuff, a champion that feels like the top champion. This is really, you know, we got this down pat here. SmackDown was languishing. It was just like, man, SmackDown could do with some mm. an influx of talents. It could do with some new faces. This story is, is division is stale as all get out. And now, you know, following on from SummerSlam, I'm looking at the SmackDown side of things. Although you've got EO as champion, mm -hmm. but you've got Asuka, Belair, and Charlotte Flair. All three of them could vie for that title. You've got Bailey on the periphery if you are going to split up damage control. There's Dakota Kai waiting in the wings for when she gets back as well. Top of that, you've got, um, uh, you know, a potential return of Kyrie Sane mm -hmm. if she's going to go back to SmackDown, which one would presume she is. Shotzi is getting this big push mm -hmm. because she's now doing stuff with Bailey. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, there's eight names there, even removing uh, Kyrie and um, Dakota Kai. Mm -hmm. Six. Yeah. Like, that's a really good pull. The, on the raw side of things, Rhea's had the belt since Mania and has had lame title defenses where she's just squashed people and is now in a feud that with Raquel that's just delayed because they don't have time to put it on TV apparently or don't have time to put it on SummerSlam and we're just spinning his wheels until we get the match mm. and then we got Becky and Chayna which I think is great but that's four women there and there's loads of other people that just feel like they could be doing something mm. and aren't. And that's why I'm like, rather than all of these extra, like, so rather than giving us a recap of what happened on SmackDown, I get that you've got to fill three hours of television. Rather it's than giving hours. us a five minute long recap of what happened on SmackDown, why don't you just give us a, a competition of some form? Yeah. Like a, you've got a five minute, like a five minute match, a five minute challenge for the women or something like that. I don't know. There's there's so many, so much talent and you can do so much with it. I mean, granted, they will have something because, I mean, we may as well talk about it now because it's not really brought up a lot on this show. Yeah. They may have something in the form of the women's tag titles because as reported by TMZ, uh, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, WWE leaked the news to TMZ. I've got a bit of a theory on that, which I'll share in a second. But TMZ uh, broke the news that Sonya Deville is injured. It's a nasty injury as well, a torn ACL. Yeah, so that's going to put her on the, the shelf for a long a while. while. A while. And that means that the women's tag titles are once again in flux. <sighs> I texted you this last you night with the caption, these belts are cursed. Yeah. Since... As Sasha and Naomi walked out on this company last year while they were the tag champs, these belts have been cursed because you either win them and one of you gets injured mm. or you get a rushed split storyline mm. because one of you is leaving. Yeah. It's... And it is an absolute dumpster fire of mm. a mess. And a lot of it is not their fault because it's people getting hurt. You can't factor in that. Yeah. You can't make those plans. But good crikey. I'm like, these belts have got an awful lineage at this point. I'm, I'm dreading the day we do this survival series. Mm. Trying to remember like who, who was there, who got injured. But like, yeah, Chelsea Green is now looking for another tag partner, I guess, because it was supposed to be Carmella and Carmella mm. got pregnant. So then it became Sonya Deville. Now Sonya Deville is injured. Oh, of course, children are injuries. <laughs> So, but I guess, you know, they didn't make an announcement like this. What basically they said was, uh, Sonya Deville's injured. We've got to figure out what we're doing with the women's tag titles yeah. now. But like, there was no announcement of what they're going to do yet. But I would wait. They'll probably do a fatal four-way, a oh tournament. God. But you've got, I suppose, the party girls in there. Yeah. They're the only team? Out of the fire and out of the dawn. 
They're on Smack. I suppose you're on Smack. The no, titles, can, the go titles can go on both brands. That's not a brand specific thing. So you got those two, I guess. But yeah, like, bloody hell, what run did they get after they lost the NXT ones? They, they simply just, didn't. They simply didn't. They're just not on TV at this point. So yeah, I mean, I guess that will help the women somewhat. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's that'll give them something to do, I guess. Yeah. But that's happenstance. That's not like yeah. they'll only be, they're only going to get those that TV time because what someone else got injured. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. It's rough, man. Nakamura was chatting with Byron backstage, talking about beating Bronson Reed, and then we Saxon. Missed, we missed a bit. No, we didn't. So we start to beat Shayna Baszler. Yeah, but before then, they were in the ring for ages because the judge. Oh day. right, yeah, you're absolutely right. I skipped ahead. Yeah, sorry. Because uh, Bala was. This chatting. is what happens when you produce things badly. <laughs> it's like this show. Uh, Bala was chatting with uh, JD McDonough. I've got to be careful with my notes here because I often shorten down Judgment Day to JD, JD. but I'm also just writing down his name. Uh, Balor is chatting with Judge with JD. <laughs> just did it then. Uh, that was an accident. Uh, so Priest walked up and argued with him about SummerSlam, I'm trying to make his position clear. We weren't trying to screw you over. I wasn't trying to cash in. Also, what happened? You didn't come out with us, but you attacked Seth from behind. Like, that's not what we discussed. And Rhea walks up and says, look, I'm not doing this storyline for a second time. Get yourselves on the same page, which they did. And then JD makes the very astute observation. I think that briefcase is uh, causing issues within uh, Judgment Day. He's like, gee, do you think? Because mm. that, that, that's, that's exactly what's causing issues with here. Oh, but I see. I liked this. But I, I mean, I'm being facetious because he then followed up with, I think it's time you got rid of it. Yeah. As a way, yeah. it's, it's a brilliant little bit of subtle storytelling in there because it can be read of one of two ways. Number one, you should get rid of it and cash it in and win. Or two, you should get rid of it and just fail so mm. Finn can win the belt. Yeah. Well, this is I found this so much more compelling than the opening segment. And it's 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 why it's irritating when like they just don't do things like this. I would rather have had this be the opening. I'd rather have this be the chat where they're having a conversation backstage and and then and it's like even like an earlier today thing. And then we get the mm -hmm. Cody promo. Like yeah. I don't know. This I would have liked to have seen this earlier because the idea that JD is is suggesting on the DL to Priest that he should cash it in. Because let's not forget, basically what's happened is, and it happened in the ring, we, we were doing the reaction, so we weren't specifically hearing what they were saying, but having gone back and watched the ending of that match, Finn Balor is saying, no, no, we're doing plan A. We're doing plan A. Finn Balor has essentially been telling Damian Priest, don't cash that in. This is my belt to win. I'm supposed to be the champion. Don't cash that in. Holding him down. Priest could do whatever he wants. And there have been a number of times where if Priest got to do what Priest wanted to do, he could have become champion. But because Finn has sort of been saying, no, it's about me, he stopped him. So JD saying, maybe this is a this is something you need to deal with. You know, cash it in, get rid of Finn, mm -hmm. do you for a minute. Then we get JD and Judgment Day. And then you don't have to have these problems with JD, JD. Yeah. Because it's just both is true. Um I thought I found that to be a really interesting story beat. Because he then had, uh, when Saxon was interviewing Nakamura, JD McDonough attacked Sami Zayn backstage mm. to take him out of the match. And they, they had a segment later on where they announced that Sami Zayn was not medically cleared to be part of this match. And Nakamura instead offered up his services mm. with his eye on the title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I, I'm glad that we're picking this JD thread up again because we've, we've dropped it for, mm -hmm. you know, two, three months. So it's good to kind of get us back into to this storyline. I I think my only, like, negative on this is that, and I, I think I mentioned this on either the SummerSlam live reactions or in the review, 
we've got a storyline where we've got a split in the bloodline. We've got a storyline where we've got a split in damage control. Now we're doing a storyline where we've got a split in the Judgment Day. And actually, a storyline with a split in Imperium with Ludwig Kaiser losing and trying to you know prove mm. himself to uh, uh, Walter again, although that's kind of... Yeah, not, I also... It's, it's not as much as the other ones. You can't, I know you've been teasing it, but you can't do the damage control split anymore no, because you, you absolutely, absolutely babyface the hell out of them. Oh, you cannot <laughs> at this point. Absolutely because not. Becky, ba- Bailey absolutely helping it happen and then Dakota Kai coming in and that giant hug, the big pop, that's a babyface faction, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, they have to be at this yeah. point. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I, I kind of am done with faction splitting up stories. I, I quite like the Judgment Day Civil War, but I'm ready for it to reach its next chapter, which I think we're now going to get with the JD. Uh, That's not so much it splitting as it is one of them being kicked out and one of them coming back, which is the Judgment Day way. Yeah. So. Um, we then got Otis versus Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Vinci got involved, Gunther ran down and attacked Otis while the referee was distracted, and Kaiser won. Then Gable ran down to make the save. Lovely little just story beat to just continue yeah. the, uh, well, actually just to the next part of this Gunther-Gable thing on the same show here. We'll likely have Alpha Academy versus Kaiser and Vinci yeah. in a tag match at some point. Yeah, I mean, you need something for Imperium to do while uh, Gunther's on the go, so... Um, I also like the idea of Kaiser trying to neg Maxine into Imperium. <laughs> like, he's just trying to make it happen. Uh, we then had that backstage segment with Sami Zayn as update with not Kathy Kelly. And then we got not a Miz TV segment, just a straight promo segment. Miz coming out annoyed about LA Knight. Uh, they recapped the SummerSlam Battle Royal and he called out LA Knight. Brand split, LOL. Clearly doesn't matter. I don't know why they bother. And aside the fact that the networks won it. And Miz's whole point was, like, I've been around here for 20 years. And when I came in, what I was told was, you have to shake the hands of the people that came before you and paved the way. And having been in wrestling locker rooms, it is very important that you do shake hands mm. and um, do not try to big league people. I found myself, and I've talked about this on podcasts before, um, when I have been in wrestling locker rooms since doing this job where I felt really awkward because I know it is important that I shake people's hands, but B, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be the YouTuber that is just shaking people's hands because I'm actually not important here. Mm. Like you guys are actually the important people and I don't want to bother you. Mm. And finding myself in the series like, so now what do I do? And you've got to say thank you afterwards. You've got to, yeah. It's the whole thing. You have a match, you go back, you say thank you. If anyone knows about being treated with respect in the locker room, it's Miz. Well, that's the, that's the interesting part of this story that he's telling is because, you know, it, it, this has been brought up a lot, mm-hmm. but it is all true stories that when he came in, he was a reality TV star. So he was bullied, mm-hmm. like heavily bullied. So wasn't allowed to send, change in the same dressing room as them, had to change in the hallway. This is all punishment stuff. He was hazed dreadfully really quite awful really quite awful kept getting told you're not going to be here in three months yeah. like enjoy this while you can i bring this up a lot jbl hoped that miz was going to die he said he could get me a birthday present he could die mm. i don't want him in this company like jbl is a chief bully because he was he's a bully and was a chief bullier of uh of the miz mm-hmm. miz went through this awful time in this he's kind of carried a bit of a chip on his shoulder with this but he rode it out mm-hmm. and despite the fact that he was told many many times over you will not be here in three months he has 
become a double Grand Slam champion. Been there 20 years. Been there 20 years. All of his titles haven't runs haven't meant anything, but he has had them. And he's headlined WrestleMania. It's one of the worst WrestleMania main events of all time, but he has had that WrestleMania main event. You cannot take that away from him. He is a genuine success story. The quality main the quality in this doesn't matter. He is actually a genuine bona fide success. He's the only success story from Tough Enough. Mm-hmm. Like John Morrison's probably the only other one you could say is a possible one. Yeah. But he has got nowhere near the level of success and level of fame that the Miz mm-hmm. has had out of this. So Miz is bringing all of this up in his promo. LA Knight didn't shake my hands. He's not respecting me. I'm now the, the locker elder. room veteran here. I'm the elder here. And you are just a, you're the next flash in the pan. You're going to be gone in three months' time. Like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm putting you. I'm not talking to you directly. I've got this. I'm not going anywhere. And like, I loved him calling him an attitude era cosplay. Yeah, that was a really, really good line there because it plays up to a lot of people saying like, "Oh, he's just a knockoff rock, a rock off, if you will." And he says like, "Danny balls." I've been here for twenty years, and look at all I've accomplished. What have you done? And LA Knight stumbled over his words. This was not the smoothest LA Knight promo you've ever heard. Yeah, but. He has some great stuff in it, mm-hmm. great material, because he said, I, do you know what I've been there for 20 years? I've been scratching, I've been clawing, I've been working, and this company never took chances on guys like me. They never took chances on guys like me because I wouldn't have laid down and took the abuse that you took, and they don't want that here. Mm. So what I did is I proved that I am undeniable, I proved that I have to be here, and this company has spent the last 20 years backing the wrong horses wrong horses like the miz and i am on the way up you are on the way down and miz you're not on my level knight steps up to him i'm looking you directly in the eye i am on your level let's do this now i look if you'd have told me going into this it's miz versus la knight i'm like man not into that whatsoever la knight sold me so hard on this match and the miz sold me so hard on this match Otherness was an excellent, excellent segment. I've, I've talked for a lot there, Dan, so I'll, I'll pass the floor to you here, but I thought that was awesome. Well, no, I, I, literally the only thing I have to contribute is that The Miz is very good at his job, and LA Knight always, is very good is. at his job. The Miz, I'm, I'm a massive fan of The Miz, and I'm unashamed of that, and, I will, and I've spoken about it for a long time. I was a fan of his back in the day, back in like when he was the champion. I like his commitment. I respect his drive, his passion, his... Uh, desire, his work rate, his you know, and maybe he doesn't have the most uh, explosive five star matches, but he's a reliable hand. The Miz Card Vortex is what it is because he will manage to get anything over. He still gets Tiny Balls chanted. It Tiny Balls was a way for LA Knight to get back in when he had his stumble because LA Knight is that good at his job. Where he has, I've noticed this a few times recently. LA Knight is it, uh, not succumbing to pressure, but he'll cut his promos and he will have a stumble. There is regularly one stumble in there. Um, but crucially, he'll always find his way back in. He'll always look for something to get back in. In this case, he was talking about um, Mrs. Tiny Balls and he, and he found his way back in. I'm, I'm going to use you as a stepping stone. I'm not talking about your stepping stones because his brain works like that. He's able to think of that joke. These two are really, really good at their job. You said that you wouldn't have been interested had you not seen it. I would have because I rate The Miz that much on the mic. We saw it at SummerSlam. I was really interested in the idea of him and Grayson Waller as a little team. When you have a sparring partner who can bring out the best in you, The Miz is a great uh, presence for LA Knight to just continue getting better. Like, it's not that he needs to get better. He just can. And I think The Miz is great. 
I think LA Knight is great. I'm a big fan. That's it. My only, it, it, like, I, it's hard to take the Miz seriously. And for, that, for you, and, it's not and, for me. And that is not, that's not his fault. Mm. He lost to Snoop Dogg at WrestleMania this year because he's he's been booked as like my my problem I've I've got with the Miz outside of the fact I actually don't, it's not a problem because I don't think it's a problem that he is a bang average wrestler. I think that's actually one of his his strengths is that he is a consistently average wrestler. I think that you need to have those on your roster. Um, my bigger issue is is with his booking and this idea of. Is he a joke? Do we take him seriously? We don't know. One week you're not supposed to take him seriously. The next week you are supposed to take him seriously. There's no consistency mm. with the Miz. Unlike his in-ring work, there's no consistency with Miz's character. And I find that to be deeply frustrating because I think you can go down this idea of super serious Miz, but then he comes out with his goofy headband and his, you know, his big glasses and that. And you're like, oh, okay, so you are a joke. You are yeah, a comedy I character. Don't, I don't know. I, I, and we could have a whole podcast about this because I don't agree with that at all. But like, that's that's your response to it. I think mine mine is that all of that is part of the same character. He is all of those things, but he thinks he's bigger and more serious than he is which then ties into his i am the one you should give respect to and then la Knight said but that's that hard but it's hard to take seriously when he's also this goofy doofus that is treated as a comedy goofball mm. like you you can't be both and i don't think he can be both mm. i think he can be one or the other uh but here he was serious miz and i'm sure when he gets into the ring he'll be work rates miz mm. and that'll be fine but then he'll go back to just being comedy goofball again mm. so we'll see uh, we had a Viking Raiders promo laying out an open challenge, which was answered by New Day. New Day. It was Woods, and it was a returning Kofi Kingston. I was so so thrilled mm. to hear that music and to see them come out, and it made me so angry. <laughs> so furiously angry because it made me realize Xavier Woods has been sat backstage for months doing nothing. Didn't and he, he also have a little a little injury? It was, it was Kofi that was one that I was knew Kofi had one. And Woods had just been hanging out with Akira Tozawa doing right. backstage comedy stuff a handful of times. And it just, and I was like, ah, it drives me nuts sometimes when you have a tag team and one of them gets injured and WWE's response to that was like, God, I don't know what to do. It's and, tricky because uh, some tag teams, like imagine if Ivar got an injury, what are you going to do with Eric, right? Whereas like New Day, Woods is great. Woods is great. Woods is awesome. You could have had him in a program with Gunther. Yeah, absolutely. You could have done it. And it would have been superb. Did they have anything? They, with I Gunther? think they did stuff on SmackDown. Right. Um, and it would have been great to do it again because Woods is awesome. That Tornado DDT he did was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, also got to give a shout out to Wade Barrett here because he called Woods the master of the joystick. Um, I, I do a podcast about the 90s TV show Games Master, which is full of jokes like this. Yeah. Uh, so Diamondism, that's a reference that only a handful of people watching this will understand. Um, and I've written here, it's stunning that Kofi has been on the shelf for this long and they couldn't think of anything else to do with Woods. And Woods actually was the one that picked up the win here. Yeah. Despite the fact this was Kofi's return match, Woods was the one that picked up the win with the limit break. And later on, they celebrated with not Kathy Kelly and saying they want to go for the belts. I, uh, I liked I liked not Kathy Kelly in this segment. It endeared me to her. She was really good in this. She remains not being Kathy Kelly, but she said, oh, I work here, I'm new. And it absolutely popped me. And then she got involved with a little, I was good for you, Jackie. Yeah. I acknowledge you. Um, we got more of a tease of the Becky uh, Baszler Women's match. Women's G1, please. Thank you. Uh, and then we got a recap of the New Day's return and then the interview. And that's when they announced Sonya being injured. And then we got the main event of Judgment Day versus Rollins, Rhodes, and Nakamura. Uh, Rhea Ripley got attacked by Raquel Rodriguez before and they had this brawl with Candice and Indy getting involved. And they were all taken to the back, but Rhea got to remain at ringside. Um, and so she's hard. Yeah. So 
oh man, like here, look at my first name here. American TV is terrible um, because it's they had the Judgment Day and Settlement. So Judgment Day make their entrance. Then Rhea Ripley gets attacked and they have the, the brawl. Then we go to an ad break. We come back and we get a recap of the women's championship match from SummerSlam, which is not connected to the match that we're just about to have. Then we cut back to the ring and then we get the entrances of Rollins, Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura does one move and we go into an ad break and we come back. And because the first hour of the show was commercial free, and then they had way more ad breaks than hours two and three. And this match went 10 minutes and it had two ad breaks in it. Mm. That is dog awful. Mm. And, it, and it ruins the flow of matches. And that's why this was not as great as the Judgment Day trios matches that uh, we've had as of late or the Judgment Day tag match main events that we've had as of late. Also, a lack of Sami Zayn doesn't help that either. But this was just, it was fine. Mm -hmm. It was a totally fine match. And poor old Finn Balor got pinned again. Mm -hmm. Finn Balor returns. Yeah. And that's, I think that does at least lead into what I hope will be a continuation of the Judgment Day storyline. Again, we talked about fantasy booking ourselves into disappointment earlier on. Um, I, I enjoyed the match. Sometimes that's just not enough for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, think, I think we need a bit more in this day. Yeah. And so I was like, kind good, of like... Good matches are 10 a penny. This day yeah. Match. I looked at the end of the match. I saw there was a few minutes left. I was like, okay, I wonder what's going to happen here. And I kind of like, okay, so they're doing some celebration. Oh, there's a little handshake there. Oh, that's good. And then it was literally within the last 40 seconds of the show that we got a story development. Yeah, which is Shinsuke Nakamura hit the Kinshasa on Seth Rollins and he left. Mm. And, you know, Cody and Sammy were like, oh, yeah. and they were sort of tending because Sammy Zayn ran down to stop some interference and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, sets up Shinsuke Nakamura as the next contender to Seth Rollins for the mm. world title. I'm into that, man. Yeah. Is, is it the big program that the world title needs? No, no it isn't. But I think they'll have some good stuff, and I think they'll have a good match, and well, that'll, be, that'll be fine for payback. To give it some credit, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the negative Nancy bit at the beginning, and then I'll give it some credit for balance. I uh, Nakamura isn't as a, a dynamic and exciting a presence to me as he once was, um, no. and that's because of his performances and his booking. Um, however, over the past few weeks, he's been talking about getting. I mean, we had it with Ricochet, we had it with um, Champa here, Bronson Reed. I'm sick of people getting involved in my business. Just leave me alone, kind of thing. What he then chose to do was get involved in someone else's business. He inserted himself into this match and then was like, and I'm going to take you out and I'm off kind of thing. It was a, it was an interesting little wrinkle. It's like, see what happens when you get involved in a business. Like it's really annoying, isn't it? And yeah, I think we're going to see some really nice matches. And if it gives a, a new dynamic to his character, if it, it gives him something uh, worth sinking his teeth into that brings out the best of Nakamura again, then I'm all for it. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, overall, I thought this was actually a very good episode of Monday Night Raw. I actually gave this a solid four out of five uh, in my edited review because I thought this was a good epilogue to SummerSlam that sets us up nicely for the the, the next four weeks um, heading into Payback. So I was actually a big fan of, of this episode. And aside from the women's stuff, which I don't think is great, uh, I thought there was a lot of good plus there was some really good wrestling up down the car that fell mm. four way was, was super yeah it was great so and there's uh, some exciting stuff coming out of it so mm. it's a thumbs up from me it's a little mid for me I'm afraid on this occasion well let's see what the poll thinks the poll is now currently live uh, give us a thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle over uh, over there on the YouTube it is live there it's currently very heavily thumbs up so let's uh, see what happens by the time we get to the end of this show going to give a shout out to some ultra chats as uh, sorry no 
We're going to give a shout out to some pledgehammers um, for uh, patreon.com forward slash Russ Talk. If you're about $25 and above uh, pledgehammers, you get your name read out on the air. And I can now officially confirm as well, because the poll has ended, Ooh. the winner of WrestleTalk Extra uh -huh. for the month of uh, August. Mm -hmm. We have done three TNA 09 shows mm -hmm. in a row. There were no TNA 09 shows. The next pay-per-view was not suggested, therefore oh. not in the poll. But TNA Hardcore Justice from 2010, which was their ECW reunion show, which is an embarrassingly bad show, yeah. a sad state of affairs that I really wanted to win the poll, mm. um, was there. But it did not win. In fact, the winner was SummerSlam 2013. Oh, okay, interesting. Which is uh, Cena Danielson, yeah, with the and uh, Punk and uh, Brock, yeah, and it'll uh, with the the Randy Cash in at the end. Mm. So that'll be a fun show to look at. That'll be coming in the next couple of weeks over on Patreon.com forward slash Rest Talk. Myself and Ollie Davis will review that show. Look at the newsletters from the time and the backstage scuttlebutts. The episodes tend to run about three to four hours long, mm. and because we've now been doing that for six plus years, there is a plethora in the Patreon archives. Yeah, like. Every month, three to four hour shows every single month mm. reviewing classic pay-per-views. So go and check out the archive. It's full of some really, really good stuff in there, full of some of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, in fact. But if you are one of our $25 and above Patreon pledge hammers, you get your name read out on, like, on the show like these fine folk. The abominable Michael Abbott. The machine gun Alex Anderson. The roller coaster Robert Acosta. The Black Pague Butch Rosser. Champion Zero Fear Hitman Soul. The Venerable Jesse Venable. The Cleaner Kenny Shaw. The British Bulldog Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. WrestleTalk's personal ring announcer Rodrigo Benitez. He ran Aaron Hanrahan. He brings the fear Amir Jones. Andrew Gifford the big red dog and that is your hall of fame class here for the 8th of august 2023 ding 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 we get into your remaining ultra chance for the day wrestle.com forward slash support getting really out all of them of the five US dollar. And we're going to kick things off with Farquhar Force, who said, post SummerSlam thoughts, Charlotte only looks interested when she's the center of attention. Playing second fiddle to Bianca and EO doesn't sit well with her. Also, she has yet to be pinned or submitted when losing a main roster pay-per-view triple threat match. Well, there's a fun fact for you. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I kind of agree. Although, she was the center of attention. In she that. still looked a bit disinterested. Yeah, because yeah. like the focus was all on her and Bianca. Mm. Like Asuka was the one who wasn't getting any attention. Mm. Um, I said in this in the office where we were talking about our SummerSlam thoughts because Ollie watched it over the weekend. Uh, he did think it was too long, but also he did. He got to, he watched it over like an eight-hour period, so got to have lots of breaks in between, which mm. I think probably helped. And he also skipped every entrance. Um, but uh, I, I was talking about how um, zero effort Charlotte's my new obsession. Um, <laughs> I just go back and watch that match and watch her not take bumps. I, or all of her bumps are just forward rolls yeah. into nice safety comforts. I got really cross. Uh, one of the first things they teach you in acting school is don't fiddle with the costume. She stopped a spot in the middle 
just to have her zip up. I got some heat for this in the comments on the, the SummerSlam review yeah. because I had a pop at Charlotte Flair for just abandoning a spot so she could go and get her bra sorted out by Jessica Kahn. People were like, well, what do you want to do? Just wrestle with a bra hanging up. I was like, no, you just you find, finish the move. You, I, well, either that you finish a move or you find a way to roll to the outside and do mm -hmm. it and like communicate to them you need to do something else. You don't throw Bianca into the corner so she's sandwiched there with Asuka and stop and walk over to the referee while the camera's filming. You're going like, can you do my bra up? She left them high and dry. You, you hold your chest and you go and shoulder them or something. You finish the spot, like you say, roll out or even make a point of it and go like, ref, zip me up. It's time In to go. Incredibly um, unprofessional. Yeah, but it it's was. my new obsession is zero effort, Charlotte. Yeah. Here comes Chopper Pete Quinnell, everyone. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Pete wanted me to reference it. He walked into the room, but... Star recording said, uh, "Happy birthday, Pete! Uh, I really wish Gunther and Styles were on the same brand so they could have an amazing match." Also, speaking of AJ, do you think we'll get AJ versus Logan at some point? I can see them having a WrestleMania match. They both like to springboard, don't they? They certainly do. Maybe that one will go viral. Um, they, oh man, when Ricochet came out, have you seen the YouTube numbers? The Ricochet, Logan Paul, of course. Like, yeah, and it's not as impressive as you wanted it to yeah, be. Yeah, because you can't manufacture it. David Evans, hi, gents. Happy Tuesday to you both you recently had an ultra chat from someone who claimed to be the resident tegan knock stan but i am disputing that claim as i sit here wearing my nixon newell t-shirt i've been waiting for a while to see her paired with viper where's she been as well by the way which i'm still hoping for especially with the tag titles being vacant again although i'm not holding my breath for that one g1 andy madrid the jimmy returning to acknowledge roman is going to end with jimmy super kicking jay pausing then a su and super kicking roman and solo i'm super down on jimmy turning on jay but i'm a lot more excited on it now i love it when wrestlers get their dream matches we'll have to wait and see i think planet dan if randy was to retire from the ring i think he would make a great manager for someone i don't think he would uh i don't either no, he doesn't strike me as the manager type. No, it, it's it. I think it would be a distraction rather than better. Maybe in a few years' time. Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell says, number one, it looks like Cody is back to being one of the most over guys in the business after Brock's endorsement. Number two, I thought the LA Knight missing was actually kind of brilliant. Number three, Gable hitting and winning with the Chaos Theory was so great. What a finish. What I mean by some of its parts? Like individual parts were brilliant mm. the collective show was less than brilliant daniel john says also jd saying get rid of it could be him telling finn to get rid of priest i like that cold. good yeah roach senpai says the show is pretty meh uh, in my opinion with the only redeeming feature with the judgment day issues la knight needs to be in the main event before it becomes another mid carter and he wholeheartedly deserves it love from malta universal uh, uh, united states title is what i want on him for a bit uh, Mr. RKO says, is it me or are the women forced to vacate the title? But Kevin is hurt and they're still the champs. Also, New Day should never have lost their tag team record. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where we don't know what Kevin's injury actually is. I don't no. know if we told it. I think it might be a thing where he'll be back sooner rather than later, whereas an ACL tear is out for a while. And I think it also tells you the difference between stars and top stars. Uh, broke dude said don't know if this is uh, by the way no i know as, as wwe standpoint not my own yeah broke dude says don't know if this has been said but it's entirely possible that cody distracts seth during his feud with shinsuke nakamura causing him to lose the belt wouldn't be opposed to him carrying the belt he's more than earned it but that loss could lead to a feud with seth cody's too baby-faced to ever take part in such shenanigans um 
Matt Hennessy here has got a fair amount to say, and here's what he has to say. What's funny about all of this is when it comes to Raw, is two major storylines. Hunter steps up in May and June with JD and Judgment Day in the way, both getting vinced. VKM is his life-altering spinal surgery that takes usually six to 12 months to recover, and then JD, Candice, and Indy all returns TV after being off for two months. Vince stepped down from creative last year on July 22nd because of the allegations, and a year later, he's on medical leave stepping away from creative on the same he on the, on the same month that he retired. On top of that, the federal government still has an ongoing investigation into this uh, the allegations. He's been given a subpoena by the federal government for wrongdoings he's committed, and they did a search warrant. If they have something on Vince, like they think they do, Endeavor can and would terminate him from the company. And legally, that would be they would be able, and unlike last time, he couldn't hold the company hostage to force himself back in when the Endeavor deal is done. He's lost the majority voting power ain't the owner and ain't the owner srs once said that vince got the spinal surgery we'd see hunter pick up the storylines he was telling it that got vinced uh, what we got with judgment day seems that seems like that we may be getting that way and may finally get that diy reunion uh, i do hope that the mustache is forced out again mm. yeah um, yeah uh elmtras here says good wrestling morning on this tuesday morning very cool it's a shame the fog is coming for us all happy days ahead oh my goodness oh my damn oh my goodness they're going ham mm, looking good with the title let's go danathan layton the one true heir to the gem throne the true self the true gem gem layton gem neil layton gem gem with a slice of ham layton I, if it's not Christian Aguilera, I don't know. <laughs> it's a reference. I'm sorry to this man. I, I, I love our mods here who just said the first part is a reference to an auto-tune video. We are mid-30s British, man. I, am, I turned 40 in a couple of years. <laughs> um, mid-30s is generous. Um, and like a reference to an auto-tune video, be more specific. <laughs> They're all auto-tuned. Come on now. Uh, and we've got James Drake here saying... Um, uh, no two fine lads I'd rather see coming out of a T- CT scan oh. than you two Raw was banging really looking forward to what comes next especially with it after being in Ford Field for my first pay-per-view love what y'all do keep it going jam that jam well thank Get you well. very much hope you're doing well Elmtros uh, is back in to say Henlo Wrestler Talkers do you think do you thinking make a good work match with the Cody Rhodes when Gunther with Cody having the match going to be the good time, but how soon of it happening? Soon? I aren't think of that. Gunther, first uh, challenger to Cody's championship. Yeah, I'd like that. I could certainly go for mm-hmm. that pie. Um, uh, our moderator is currently updating what the reference is. I will end the poll then. We'll find out what you thought of this episode of Raw. And it is overwhelmingly thumbs up in the air with 73%, mid-23, and only 2% thumbs down. There's a reference to Guy reviewing a burger while sitting in his car or Oh, that one. That is one, I actually, I do know. Because he's okay. reviewing Five Guys. Down with the kids. And then I had a Five Guys, and I was like, that was totally fine. Five Guys is delicious. What are you talking about? It's a totally fine burger. Outrageous. Um, and the chips are quite subpar. Oh, the chips are the best part. No, the burger is absolutely bog standard. We'll talk totally after. Fine. Well, I'm okay. Here's my thing I've got with Five Guys. Is Do you, <laughs> do you know what the vegetarian option is of Five Guys? Yes, I know because I used to be vegetarian. It's the f- topping. It's grilled cheese. Ab- it's, yeah. But it's not even good grilled cheese. Outrageous. Yeah, I do find that appalling. That is unacceptable yeah bad form so bad form. you can get in the bin five guys and that will do it from this episode of the rest of the podcast thank you all so much for watching i've been Lincoln dad that has been your jam that champion the truth dan later the tribal p i want that as well jam that jam
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.